Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special Christmas Too Much movie. I am your host, Blake Howard. In fact, I'm one of three great hosts of this podcast. And for a show that has been delving into all of the 90s movies that are simply too much, we made a rule for ourselves and that we are allowed to break exclusively. And we are breaking it today. We're jumping far, far forward out of the 90s into 2005 into a movie that feels very 80s and 90s displaced it's like an abandoned child of the 80s and 90s so we feel like it's okay today my two guests are a man who's been fucked more times than he's had hot meals because he skipped lunch it just pipped it it's rob belushi a man who hadn't seen this movie (laughs) until like three days ago which we're gonna delve into and also the inventor of dice chris candy who oh is my. only going to be known as Chuck Chutney from now on <laughs> because the initials are the same and you never see Chuck coming when it comes to your childhood crush. Oh, oh my God. I'm just, you know, you get it in where you can. That's all I can say. So kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Let's listen to oh. a trailer and then we're going to come back and talk about Shane Black's Return to the director's chair, out of movie jail, and squarely into our hearts. Merry Christmas. Let's go. Hurry up. It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh, boy. Till he opened the door. Oh, no, no. We're not ready for your audition. Just take him. He's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old school method. Give me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much. I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. She thinks I'm a detective. Of all the idiot things to do. My sister from shane black the creator of lethal weapon do not play detective moron go home before the bad guys do something bad to you two corpses in three hours i mean that's unusual right yes comes a mystery it's a frame up first things first do you have the corpse I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. That starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? You put a live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Hey, who taught you math? Downey Jr. What do you think, I'm stupid? Val Kilmer. Yes, I think you're stupid. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. No, no, no. No, no, no. These lessons suck. Chris, you and I started going back and forth on this first, and we're like, yeah, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Makes sense. Absolutely. Christmas movie, Shane Black. We, we're okay to jump out of the 90s. We were talking about maybe Long Kiss Goodnight. Rob right. had never seen 
either of them. And we're like, holy shit, Rob. And he's like, which one do I watch? And we're like, well, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang seems like a movie that literally was made for Shane Black and you. So you better yeah. watch it so we can actually talk about it. And the text thread that we share was one of the most hilarious things I think <laughs> I've ever read is just you like instantly reacting to everything <laughs> in this movie. So like, firstly, you have to tell us like, how did you, how did you miss this? Because it's such a you movie. hundred percent. Like, so I don't, the answer is, I don't know. I've tried to watch it. it. Like it'll be on and I'll watch it in like snippets, but it doesn't make any sense to me. And unless you're in it for the whole thing, like the ride is kind of disjointed. So I, I kept trying. And then I think I saw it when it came out, but like 2005 was still in my real, and we'll, we'll call it the, uh, the Belushi dark cyclone. <laughs> and so like, I probably saw it, but was, you know, not retaining much at the time. Um, but this was like such a great reason to really watch it and give it my full attention. You know, like I put the kids to bed, wife was gone. It was just me and the TV and boy, did I have a good time alone. Um, I love Shane Black. So it's, I, I, I'm embarrassed about this one and the long kiss goodnight, which is another one I think I saw just too high to remember. This is different than Long Kiss Goodnight in the sense that you are Harry Lockhart in yeah, you so are. many ways. You, are. <laughs> you like in watching this, like and the way you carry yourself, you are Harry, yeah. and yeah. it only makes Absolutely. sense that you had such feels, um, such fifth element feels for uh, <laughs> Harmony Faith Lane in oh. the group chat, like. It just, it, 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 it just it is you and, you know, you, you have that energy that, that Robert Downey Jr. brought to that character all the time. So it was, it was like kind of shocking, but I understand it. But of all of the films that no one has ever seen, this is the most shocking one. I did. I, I take that compliment because I am a loser, but I'm also lovable is what I'm hearing. <laughs> and I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. uh, Moynihan ripped me up. I mean, she's so, it is such a star making turn for her. Now I understand everything that came after it so much better. And like, she's so alive and charming and funny and real. And so like of LA at at that, you know what I mean? It's just like when I do, when we're, you were out and it's the miasma of, of the dream. What a lot of people who might not know if you didn't grow up in Los Angeles is this era of L.A. is very specific. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, It was this time where, you know, hookup culture, nightlife, um, clubs, bars, they all had, you know, names like – you know, Firefly, Voyeur, <laughs> um, the uh, the Burgundy Lounge, um, LAX. These this was the time. LAX was the, LAX the one at Standard? <laughs> no, that was the one. But there was the one at Standard where you'd have to go through the kitchen to get to it. Yes, and, yes. And there was this time where LA was filled with interactions that you experience when you know, uh, Harry Lockhart and Harmony Faith Lane are talking to each other at the bar and, and she, he doesn't realize he knows her yet. Like, I can't say that I've ever had those experiences, 
but I was around enough people at that time to see that happen. And so this movie is like, basically to sum it up and to give someone a great picture, it's swingers. If it was swingers were an action movie, it's got that like just feel of Los Angeles and it, the authentic element of it that I can only imagine Shane Black was just observing the entire time. And swingers, if, if, if the swingers had any access at all, Yes, that's true. Any, and any money or fake or you know, uh, yeah, approximation of that and all like it's where the swingers were trying to be, which is in like this other kind of beautiful magical dream slash nightmare where like everything is attainable and you can grasp nothing. It's, right. It's, it's it's he nails it. He does it in Nice Guys too. It's different time. It's it's very two thousand five. Yeah. But to Blake's point, it is also felt very 80s and very 90s, but, yeah. but he nails it. Like the fact that he's staying at the standard and oh. like the parties and the hills. Like I remember being at a party in the Hollywood Hills after a party, after like a show at House of Blues, we went up to this guy's house and it was the greatest party I'd ever been to. I was 20 years old. Okay. And then a busload of Hawaiian Tropic girls showed up. Like, and all jumped in the pool. And I'm 20. It was already <laughs> the coolest thing I've ever been to, which I'm sure people are like, that's not cool. But like, it felt electric. And that's what like, that's that's what this movie felt like to me. I was like, I, I Chris, you're so right. Rob also was late to the podcast that he hosts from an audition. And and then there's like one of the opening scenes of Harry Lockhart is lighting a cigarette at a party and he hasn't even lit it yet. And people are like, oh, and they walk away. And I'm like, that is fucking Rob Belushi shit in 2005. Yeah. Like smoking in front of like people who are like, oh, I'm going to get like secondhand smoke. And he's like, shut up. And he just has a cigarette in his mouth. And, you know, this uh, this podcast is unofficially sponsored by Nicorette um, across <laughs> the globe. Um, but uh, sorry. So I was just, yeah, like it, it, it's it, literally from the first second. You're like, oh, okay. And that idea, and it's something that was definitely felt when I, and this is sort of like after 2008, a couple of like Australian movie industry parties people ask you who you are. It's the funniest transactional conversation of all time. They ask you who you are. And it's like, Oh, I'm just like a journalist or oh, I'm a film reviewer. Or I write for here. Or I do this or I'm on radio and they don't care. They just leave. <laughs> just like, yeah. They just go, yeah, on to the next one. You're not famous enough. And they, without saying that, that's what's the implication. And so that's the other great thing about this movie. It's just like. That. When he I says, have... so that's it. She goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <I walked> <laughs> I have two uh, really good family friends who are Canadian who live like in the lake area of Canada. And they were really good friends with my dad, like grew up with my dad. And they would say to me that when they would go to parties, they would lie and say that they were producers because if they said what they really did, nobody would talk to them at parties where my dad was at, because that is just how disgusting <laughs> this town is. <laughs> and well, that's why like, everyone wants to be a producer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In LA, because like you have something to offer so many people, writers, actors, directors, I mean, they're like the, the scum at the center of it all, you know? But yeah, this movie, you know, I just envisioned, um, you know, me talking to Rob on the phone. I'm at the party. He's on the wagon or off the wagon and he's going, what's the address? 
I'm coming. You know, it's like, like that was, that was, that was my 2007, 2008. I, I had an acquaintance who was uh, very ha- Harry Lockhart, but I was just like, Oh, Rob, when you said you destroyed the standard hotel, I laughed so hard. <laughs> like, I know what that meant. I, it's just, anyway. So anyways, this is all fucking context for the listener who is somewhere else and didn't grow up in Los Angeles. The standard, the standard hotel is very cool. And it is, I mean, it was very, very cool. It, it's now, and then it maybe wasn't so cool. And now it's shuttered and like empty yeah. on the strip, but like they, it was like so cool. It was like that. And I don't know if this was like 99, 96 to like 2005, this era is like that whole it, area of the strip it's like, is so cool. Standard Hotel, fucking Portis Head, um, oh you know, Massive Attack, uh, kind of down tempo Brit, you know, pop, disco, fucking, you know, you may be calling it like elevator music, you know, per, you know, <laughs> the the women dancing around in in fish tanks was real, like that kind of just energy existed, so. Yes, one day there will be a Mad Men style show that takes place in 2005 <laughs> and it will look exactly like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So anyways, I always talk about world building. That fucker took me way back. <laughs> and you're right. Shit. I mean, it's such a great call because you're just you're right in it from the start. I mean, after the New York after the setup of the Magic app sure. and the and the audition like once you get to LA, you're in it. Like you're at the party. Oh, it's yeah. always nighttime or like almost night or almost dawn, you know, red lights. He does, he's such a, he does such a great job of just you're, you're that, that LA night culture, you're in it. And like the corruption and depravity and, and like missed, missed moments and, and all that stuff. And the, to, the, the weird aquarium people at that party, which I was like, it's really graphic and and i loved it i'm like oh god remember when movies did this Uh, like unapologetically just like fucked you know (laughs) and then he also he does that in in nice guys too at the party at sid Hatrack's house you know with the (laughs) the girl who's the table and the mermaids and everything it's like such a fun la runner for shane black but he's great i mean he's the movie's so playful it's so like you have to execute so well for for it to stay charming and not fall off into like too cute by half, you know. And he does it. And Robert Downey Jr. is a, like pre Iron Man. Robert Downey is, of course, the the perfect guy to pull that off. He's so charming. It's like almost too much at any given time, just like the movie. And he's he's such a great pillar for it all to rest on. And then with with Val Kilmer, who's like my favorite. I mean, it's it's hard to figure out who's more attractive, Val Kilmer or Michelle. Just JK, it's Michelle. <laughs> um, but he's so great, and he's so he's his he's such an artist, and it's just so great to see him because you, you just looking back on him, even getting older. Like I think Salt and Sea was around that time too, which I think is like a when was it Salt and Sea? An unheralded Val Kilmer vehicle. 2002. His throat cancer took him away from us, right? Because he does song to song with Terrence Malick. I think that's the last one before his throat cancer operation, which kind of destroyed his voice. Um, but this is the last Val at 
super attractive, super acerbic. Like he's just so sharp as Gay Perry. He he just kills you every single time. And Robert Downey Jr. is the best punching bag. Like he he just when he's <laughs> having the piss taken out of him, there's just nothing fun to watch. It's outstanding. He is so fun to watch. I mean, what a great punching bag. It's such a great <laughs> when he's like his save the cat moment of the girl like being passed out the girl being you know uh, monahan being like passed out and he's like you know sticks up for her and then just immediately gets the the shit kicked out <laughs> i like, i i can't tell you so how good funny. that scene is because it's so cool because you're like oh harry at that point you're like harry might be able to fight like he might be able to right. he's, he's wielding oh, yeah. a gun he might be able to fight like and he does that and he's just like walk away walk the fuck away. And you're like, oh yeah, badass Robert. And then like three seconds later, he's getting the snot beat out of him on a, on a, on the ground. And he's just all bloody. And he, he just like gets kicked and walked away unceremoniously. And harmony is in the arms of that absolute douche as he walks out. It's such a great fast cut reveal bit that, yes. that is followed up later with like my favorite bit in the whole thing, which is that Russian roulette bit where he puts one bullet in the gun and then shoots the guy in the head. It's just like <laughs> the distance between setup and, and, you know, punch is like, it's instant and it's totally surprising and totally amazing. And, you know, totally against expectation and really fucking exciting and fun and funny. There's one bit that we didn't touch on, which is in 2005, at these parties that you guys would go to and you were talking about the, the whole producers of it all. Shane Black makes the greatest choice of all time, which is to get people like the incredibly hilarious Larry Miller and Corbin oh Burnson and gets these stalwarts of the eighties and nineties to be at the early 2005 party, because that's, they are the guys. They're the guys who have the power. They're the guys who've been making the movies and they're going to be there. And so he kind of puts his peer group in there because it's like, oh, of course these guys know it all because they've been to 1200 of these parties in the last decade. And like, that's exactly what Shane Black is drawing from. It's like famous guy made a sack of money on all of his earlier movies, had gone into some sort of cycle of movie jail post long kiss goodnight and sort of it was in the wilderness so to speak he's out there people know that he's funny he's renowned to be an amazing pitcher and he's just like finally someone's like you know he gets to joel silver who's a friend and he's like i've got this idea for this movie it's a noir it's me sort of getting back to my roots and it's so specific that they like give him just enough money in this completely volatile cast at the time which is weird to say but like robert downey jr huge risk at the time to get on this movie yeah and he just gets yeah. it and it just everything yeah. all the bits the puzzle pieces fit in so seamlessly that it like it it was like destined to be fantastic you get a lot of movies there's there's a lot of movies that i are inside baseball with hollywood that go too far this movie is a great balance of like actually kind of getting an idea of what it is like um and not having it be super fake and then having it not be too inside baseball that it pushes people away because it also just has, like you said, that great kind of noir storyline running through it, which really pulls you along. And so anyways, yeah. Well, it's, it's such a, like the desperation is believable outside of the industry backdrop. Like the, 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 the characters have 
a certain degree of desperation in them. And this case becomes, you know, a sense of meaning for them. I mean, she says it point blank and, and, uh, his big uh, monologue about like disappearing and fucking her friend and never finishing anything. And then when it finishes, which is another great fucking reveal <laughs> when he's got her in the bed and then it cuts to her outside like, because she fucked Chuck Chutney, which like, it's such a great runner of Valcom or like, you know, his like his gaydar. I mean, I don't even know if that's okay to say anymore. I'm so sorry if it isn't, but like, just being like, he's gay and he's gay. And like, when Valcomer says Chuck Chatty was gay, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, Val knows, <laughs> like, you know, Gay Perry knows. And, and it's, no, he's, <laughs> it's a great, so funny. It is, yeah, it is a crazy movie. And, and I guess that is the only like thing to flag on it. Like, a lot of like crazy, um dialogue in it that was just about to be extinct in regards to like what's like okay to say this is the like, most dangerous does... movie we've ever done but it's like what's your favorite quotes and i'm like yeah. i don't know uh, what i can say like they're uh, all yeah. like pretty homophobic i mean <laughs> yeah it's this one is definitely like it's funny i i was i was um googling the podcast recently and i found out that we're on um, shout out to whoever put us on their like listening holiday listening list. And it was really? like someone who went, went to Wesleyan or something. Oh, and it no was way. like, yeah, it was so cool. I'll send it to you guys. But I was, I was thinking of that person who put us on their list <laughs> and I'm going, Oh, I hope this one is uh, what you're looking for. <laughs> but um, it's, but it's, hard to, it's hard because like, you know, there, there are some jokes that are pretty, you know, pretty crass based in sexuality but and and look i could i'm not an expert and and you know i'm speaking from my own tower of of blind spots and privilege but like in reading the characters like perry is the only one who is knowledgeable uh in control effective professional and like his sexuality is part of who he is but it's it's not um it's not something he shies away from, but it's not something that absolutely ab- he is defined. I think dialogue uh, and kind of juvenile, playful They're, sense of right. bit aside, like he's defined in the world of the movie by his exceptional effectiveness, and um, it's just interesting. Like, let's talk this exclusively the character. So, Gay Barry is in this hyper prejudice environment where it is sink or swim. And there is no one that gives a shit about your feelings or your, what your sexuality means. It's right. just, what is going to make the money? It's economics class class by economics. It's like, are you going to make me money? Are you going to help me get this thing made? Are you going to keep me like wealthy? And I just love that. He's like, you know, he's a, he's a, like, he would have, if he, if he came out, he would have been like a late seventies, early eighties, the worst time in history to come out, you know, um, you know, short of like the middle fucking ages, like that he's, he's, he's coming out and he's having to put up with all this prejudice and like physical threats of violence and stuff like that. And he's just like, no, I'm unwavering. And so he's got like, a gallows, he's got a gallows humor. He's funny. He's tough. Like I, yeah. I also think that sometimes like if you've got close gay friends and I do, and especially a couple like my, one of my closest friends in the world, like Garth Franklin, like talking about 
being gay in Sydney in the nineties. Like it's not, it wasn't fun for him to come out. He's a tough motherfucker. He has a great sense of humor. And like a lot of my gay friends have the best sense of humor because they've kind of come through some of the toughest times ever to be gay. And they're coming yeah. to this time, which is a much more enlightened time and much more sensitive to those things and much more normalized than all those um, behaviors. And it's just like, and like people are being allowed to live the, their authentic lives. And I, so when I see him, he strikes me as so familiar because I've got a lot of badass gay friends who have the wickedest sense of humor and who right. are, who say the most awful things. And I love every awful thing that they say. It's fantastic. Like, yeah. so like I'm not in a position to be the one that says it, but because it's gay Perry, it's like, he can say whatever the fuck he wants. He's a badass. He's a gay man who grew up in the nineties and eighties in LA. Like it probably wasn't fun. You know, it probably wasn't the best well, time for him. He has a he has a great I forget the exact quotation, what they're both talking about uh their fathers. Do you remember yeah. this? It's like the one thing we get about Perry's dad who was like the way he parented was Yes, I remember I this, yeah. Uh, it's a little little window in, but like um there's two fun things about his character. One is that he uses all these types of like, you know, like in the end where he uses people's homophobia against, homophobia against them, like yeah. in the, the, the testicle electricity thing. And, um, you know, homophobes don't check between, you know, under your pants, they know you're gay. And then, and then the other thing about language, which is so fun is like, he is an authority because he's like the professional who's the training the person, but also to to Blake's point, like, oh, he can say anything and it feels okay. It actually feels more true coming from him. And he constantly like plays against that with the fucking idiot, uh, Harry, you know, it's like, oh, she's just, nah, she'll be okay. She's just resting her eyes. Oh, really? No, she's dead. Or like the great line, <laughs> the great line is like, she opened the door, nothing on but the radio. She offered me a scotch and he like sat on my lap. He's like, really? No, she hired me over the phone with a credit card, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Constantly like so much, so many fun bits. And um, uh, oh, the, the, no, man, I'm drowning in pussy. I just kept yeah. the name because it's yeah. good for work. Like, <laughs> really? No. Gay Perry <laughs> is not great for my professional identifier. <laughs> fucking idiot um but he's great i mean god he's so good yeah he's, he's so good he's he's pretty good I'll, I'll go a single podcast without mentioning a 1995 crime drama where i think he's shows how good he is um so let's take a quick break is that spartan <laughs> no that's later <laughs> that is later what what movie do you think i'm avoiding talking about um no let's Let's take a quick break and then we're oh, going to come back. Oh, Pete, Jesus Christ, what an idiot. Yes, of course. Heat, Rob, yes. Is, Rob sure. is Harry Lockhart. Rob is Harry Lockhart. Yeah. Oh, be amazing. I used to be great. Now I'm amazing. All right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about our two favorite scenes. All right, Chris, you and I have got much more familiarity with this. So let's just start um, with us. What are two of your favorite scenes in this movie? Can you even narrow it down? Oh, God. How do I do this? Um, two of my favorite. I kind of went into some of them already, but um, 
I, you know what? It's funny. I didn't think of my two favorite scenes while we were, I was prepping for this, but if I, 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 okay, here we go. I could do these ones. I love, um, when he's drunk and he goes to the crazy party scene and then that kind of jumps the story along further where he gets abducted by, um, Mr. Uh, what is it? Mr. Frying pan and Mr. Fire. And Mr. Fire. Excuse me. Oh, what's up, baby? Hey, how you feeling? What, I'm just gonna take a walk. What? Walk with me. Fuck off. Great. This is fucking rich. Well, now, here we all are Ike, Mike, and Mustard. What the hell does that mean? You know, I'm with him on this one, man. That's pretty fucking obscure. Horseshit. I hear that all the time. You do? Yeah, sure. Where? At the 1942 club? Hey, just because you didn't get in. Motherfucker, I could have got in. Hey, hey, slow you your what? roll, this man. Shit, what are you going to do? Take me out here? The security. Ow! Keep talking. Keep talking. You want to know who we are? I'm the frying pan, see? And my boy over here, he's the mustard. I'm mustard, baby. He's the fire. Fuck you, Mr. Mustard. Here we go. Now. Me and my man were puzzled lately by your behavior. Such as... Such as, why is a savvy stand-up cat like yourself consorting with gay men? You know, frolicking in the lake and shit together. What is that? You're the guys who are wearing the masks. You're hey. the ah! You don't ask the questions. Don't ask questions. Guys, ah! you just tore off my fucking finger. I just got this fixed. Jesus! I bet there's a doctor in New York. Clear that shit right up. <laughs> Clear it right up. <laughs> LA don't want you no more, tough guy. Dash Mihok and Rockman Dunbar, fantastic henchmen. Sensational. Yeah. yeah, um, that scene is just so fun for me because I it, it culminates a lot of things that I was talking about um in in the beginning of the show, but it just like it, it is a perfect sampling of what this movie actually is. It's got this like weird LA element. You've got all the characters there. Um, it pushes the story along in a really beautiful way. Um, and then all of a sudden, when you just think Robert Downey Jr. is ready to go, um, you know, everything's solved. These two guys just come in, abduct him. And he's like, wait, what the fuck's going on? You come to <laughs> find, you know, I don't want to give it away for everybody. But um, I just it, that scene really like just propels the whole world for me. Like it it shows the danger. And also it shows like it, it shows in the sense um, Shane Black's like use of characters like you know, uh, Mr. Fire and Mr. Frank Pan are bad fucking guys. Like they're not good. That scene like develops further where like they're proper fucking villains. Um, yeah. Going into another scene when when Fire takes out that one woman in the in the bedroom and and Harry's Shannon Sossaman. Shannon yeah. Sossaman. Yeah. When, oh. Huge 90s, huge nineties energy. Oh, and this is also propelling. Like it's it just like it. I was watching it again last night. I watched it twice this week, and I was going like. God, man, he's fucking evil, you know? And he just like, he writes characters that fucking choke women. He writes, it's like, it's fucking nuts. And so it's, it's. We've it, already it, done it, a Shane Black movie. We did the last Boy Scout together. Like that's a fucking, there's some dark shit in that movie. We did the last Boy Scout? Yeah. You hadn't seen it, remember? You hadn't seen it. Oh my it's God. It's your kiss, kiss, bang, bang. God yeah. damn it. You're right. Oh my God. I'm so, fuck. Jesus. Yeah, you're right. Um, smile you fuck <laughs> but again, yeah i know but i just i think that like um this uh the 
I also want to give like a side note too of the non-visual scenes in the movie. And maybe this is a cool way to do it. Uh, I watched both times with headphones on. This movie is riddled with awesome ADR. Um, And it's used properly in a really well way where it just doesn't seem like they're trying to throw some jokes in. Um, You know, that scene specifically too, where they're in the park and they're at the taco truck and uh, Mr. Fire uh finds his demise like you hear the fucking taco truck guy go motherfucker like he, <laughs> they must have so much fun in the adr sessions there's so many jokes i have written down that harry says while he's walking away from things you get to sleep badly um uh any questions hesitate to call in these circumstances <laughs> i'm going to give a big shout out to, to the non-visual scenes that are going on uh, on top of it too um but Again, like also just this movie is a perfect, it's a perfect blend. Everyone always jokes around about this is a Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie. This is a great fucking, you're in the middle of Christmas in LA, hopping around fucking holiday parties. And there's a fucking action movie going on. It's great. Well, Shane Black loves Christmas movies. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing too. That's the thing too in LA. That's an LA thing, man. Like this town there from like December 1st to fucking Christmas, there are holiday parties left and right in this city. And like, if you're in a good social group, you could be going out every night of the week, going to a, a holiday party. And so just to have this whole movie kind of exist within that world was really creative to me. So anyways, yeah. We should have a, a podcast that, that Chris does by himself and it's called Chuck Chuck. Chuck Chutney <laughs> enters your ear hole. <laughs> the audition scene's also fucking great too. I have to say too, like where you come, yeah. you come to find out about Harry, he's stealing a toy for his daughter. Great fucking character setup. And then I love the girl who fucking has the gun. Like these are a bunch of scenes, but like I love the protocop tie-in. Oh, fucking- the protocop was exactly where I was gonna go. Protocop Fuck. and harmony. And protocop like, and she just has her Wonder Girl bat. She's got the reference Wonder Girl on her baseball bat, and she goes ah! She does this like sort of fearful scream. not worked as an actor in two years say he seemed despondent earlier tonight during a rerun of protocop the actor who still retains the costume he wore on the show allegedly dressed up stumbled down the bike path and wandered into this venice beach house where aspiring actress harmony faith lane was shocked to discover him i jog by hi hello you know that sort of thing i feel for the guy you know it's like the city can't get enough of messing with people like putting a whoopee cushion on the seat of an electric chair <sighs> like that they always do this you can never see below the waist it's like a playmate in 1964 was always behind the bedpost where there's a shadow you never, never the fuck am i telling you for invited or something huh and there it was bingo destiny 
um, a war cry and he just backs out and falls his ass over her balcony, like down several stories onto the ground. And then is followed up by the amazing, like the amazing new spot where she's being sort of charming. ATLA. And, on KTLA. And, and Larry Miller's just like, Oh, I invited us something. It's, it's so, he's like, why don't they, he's such a dirtbag. He's like, why, why don't they go they, down? You know, why don't they show down? I want to see down. Anyway, invited us something. You don't need to be at a Santa Monica apartment. You could be at your, your, uh, the house you rent in studio city, you know, yeah, and, yeah. uh, you know, throw on one of the old mystic cosmic patrol outfits that you did for <laughs> funny or die. And, uh, it, it's so fucking close to home. And I do have to say, I noticed something. I don't know where this fucking ties into, but he, Protocop is eating cookies and drinking a Dos Equis. <laughs> so it's got this like, it's got this Santa Claus thing going on. Like, but like Shane Black's fucking pervy weirdo Santa Claus. There's great monster. There's just weird fucking throwaway jokes. The bear that uh, drinks the, eats the, food. oh, the commercial. <laughs> yeah. But why yeah. would you trust me? I suck guts out of a fish or something. Yeah, I suck the head, heads off a fish. That's so, that's, I, I didn't think about it until now. And it's probably obvious to everyone else, but like they have commercials, they've got, uh, you know, news footage, they have old videotape, they have like surveillance tape. Like there's, there's lots of different types media, of, yeah. you know, yeah, media, which is cool. It's like kind of all encompassing the way we watch. And, um, which kind of brings me to one of my favorite scenes, which is, voyeuristically like the scene in the hotel and i know I oh my know god she's naked in it it's but great. like it's a great scene you can call me slick you here on it was such a good job though you snagged a ton of gum oh, i mean pay that Harry. Oh, i really didn't need that last shot of tequila mm. <laughs> oh I just had a weird thought. Mm -hmm. Veronica Dexter, I saw the body up close. I mean, hell, I carried the damn thing. Both times the dress was soaked through, so it was transparent. Oh, so, God, I, Harry. Where are you going with this? No, 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 it's just... Uh, Perry said this chick was deep into the born-again bit, so it's probably nothing but just... If she had on oh, underwear, God. I didn't see any. Um, I guess I'm taking the couch. Yeah, thanks. I mean, you can, you can sleep here, but it would only be sleeping here. If that's going to frustrate you. Let's see. Oh. 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 Oh, Harry. Huh? So long ago. Didn't really turn out the way we hoped, did it? I mean, I, I guess if I racked my brain, I could think of worse places to be. Is that so, Whitey? Whitey? <laughs> you calling me a knight? Maybe, yeah, except for the boner. It's right. not too nightly. No. Mm. Hell, it isn't. Actually, it's nightly in most mornings. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I'm not a knight. 
I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I'm thinking. Harry. I'm going nuts, so I think maybe the the, the couch is good. Harry, the couch God. is good, or I can just keep drinking until it goes away. Harry, if seriously, if you're at all uncomfortable, I am more than happy to do something. Oh, for Christ's sake, no. No. Why not? I don't want you to offer oh, it as Jesus, like, you know, this so... is not one of those like, it's a courtesy freebie. Oh, so I don't want like the, the backup. Let me just, you know, give you a, a hand here mm -hmm. as a kind mm. of like it... default backup thing. Drop by his house, you were gonna wave oh, goodbye. Some way. I was leaving for LA, Eric. I was never gonna friend. see him. He looked sad. He looked sad? Yes, he did. You slept with Chuck Chutney. Oh, fuck, for Christ's sake, Harry. What? It was forever ago. Come yeah. on, I was a different person you. back then. Yeah, you slept with Chuck Chutney. Excuse me. Harry, come on. Do you want your hand? I'm Harry. I mean, look, we're p movies can... are about being voyeurs. Like, you want attractive people. I don't, we're not fucking ever on this podcast or any other podcast that happens on one heat meter productions being those prudes who are like get sex out of movies or get naked no i want to see naked attractive hot people this is what we're here for you know like come on but I, I, of course of course that and of course she is incredibly beautiful and like has that incredibly attractive balance of like jaded by LA but still hopeful and alive and open which is really interesting but the nudity in that <clears throat> scene like had meaning like it's all right it, it, he it's the answer to everything he's ever wanted and it's right there and you can like yeah. feel the warmth of the bed and she's you know she's get, she's getting naked to go to bed and like it, it doesn't feel like oh not in the script like they fuck you know it's like it, it felt so emotionally important in that scene where he's like coming up against being a piece of shit you know like the guy he tried to stop at the beginning of the movie or like being connected emotionally and having her there and she is finally you know vulnerable to him and and speaking plainly to him which i love like you can get in bed, but it's just sleeping, blah, blah, blah. And then to undercut it with, you fuck Chuck Chutney. is <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so fucking funny to me. Just, everyone's heart is on a platter. Everyone's like, finally connecting. They're, they're naked. They're being honest with each other. And then it's all like, <laughs> fucking, but that the rug is pulled out because of, you know, envy and resentment and, and jealousy of you know a high school boy which is yeah but it's just what a great element of like the inner workings of los angeles entertainment you know it's like you can be emotional and great and then underneath it all there's a raging ego <laughs> <That's> like, yeah <laughs> yeah i also love like i love i love flicka at the um oh. flicka 
at the uh, airport. She really is a stewardess. Like when I first watched that, I was like, is she a, is she a flight attendant? Flight you know? attendant. Or is she just like telling him to fuck off in this occupation? But she is. And he sees her at the airport, which is amazing. <laughs> and her, her little performance of like giving over to letting, giving him her number and stuff. And her like hopeful look up, like that he would try to help her and, you know, she's like, really? I don't know. I just that was a great little little performance that I, I really liked too. So any other favorite scenes that we've missed? I, I think too, um, yeah, just I do have to say this too. Um I I, I feel bad because I didn't prepare my two favorite scenes and now they're just all like flooding to me. But like um uh, Robert Downey Jr. gets like great physical comedy in here and I love how he constantly fucks up a crime scene. And yeah, like, my God. And like, if you're like, gonna say when, he, when, the, when he pees on the dead body, that, like that I know is that's insane. That, it's, it's fucking crazy, fuck. and it's like so <laughs> fucked. It's so fucked. <laughs> okay, we'll pick, we'll start on your case tomorrow. All right. Afternoon, good. Whatever, Harry. I'm going. Okay. I'm taking some sweats. All right. Yeah. Anything you want to borrow? All right. I'll give them back. Yeah. Yeah. Anything in the uh, drawer? If it's in the drawers, clean. Oh. Harry? <coughs> this is... Hmm. This is really great. Isn't it? I'm leaving. Yeah. Some nice rest. Bye. Say again? They gave her back. Yes. She's in my shower. I'm looking at her for Christ's sake. That's impossible. They don't even know you. They couldn't possibly. No, they couldn't. You're right. And since the body can't be here and this is all a dream, and oh, look, there's Alma the Elf. Good morning, Alma. What's in your basket? Shut up. How did they get in? I don't know. I mean, how am I supposed to know how they got in if I escape, maybe? Okay, first things first. We gotta move her somewhere. You got gloves? Excuse me? Gloves. Do you have gloves? You have to move her. If it's a frame-up, some asshole's probably calling the cops on you right now. Do this. Wrap up the body in a blanket, a sheet, anything. Okay, okay. Uh, any particular kind of gloves? Yes. On. Will you fucking hurry? Barry. Yeah? I peed on it. What? What, you peed on what? I peed on the corpse. Can they do, like, ID from that? I'm sorry, you you peed on... On the corpse, and my question is... No, my question, I get to go first. Why in perfect hell would you pee on a corpse? I didn't intend to. It's not like I did it for kicks. God, this isn't happening. You said this doesn't happen. This is your fault. Shut up and listen. First, you have to wrap the body. Okay. Second, you've got to find the gun. Say this with me. Find the gun. Find the gun. Find the gun. Oh, they're in the lake. Not my gun, idiot. They dropped a body on you. It's a frame-up. Then they also have planted a gun. Trust me. Move it. I'll be there in four minutes. It's like, how could you get more DNA on something? Oh, you just pee on it. Like, and yeah. then he has to explain to fucking, fucking Gay Perry that, I, and he's like, what, what did you do? Like, it's always then, such oh, a breath. Then, it's a breath of fresh air whenever Perry, like, gives him directives and instructions that are so, like, fucking obvious. You know what I mean? You're no, like, dude, yes, they're gonna thank dust, you. They're going to dust the fucking dog. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like the dog eating the finger. Like, it, there's just there's too much, uh, guys. Like, yeah, this is this falls into too much movie because this is it's a tight movie. It moves quickly. It's only like an hour and forty minutes, right? And it packs so many funny scenes in there. Um, and yeah, I don't know the, 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 that scene. That he... <laughs> so I, I it, it, it's so good. It's I mean I know like just saying what it is. 
but the context, the way that it plays in the movie, it's so funny. Like it's hysterical. Like I, I was, I was watching it last night for, I, I mean, I've watched this movie a million times, but I watched it last night before, um, uh, this show. And I was like, I was just sort of like relaxing. And then I just start howling and I had to cover my mouth because my family's asleep. Cause I was just howling with laughter in the lounge room, watching yeah. the key on the body and go, Oh, Oh, and then called gay Perry. I was like, this movie rules, man. It's so silly. It's great. Yeah. But it's, it's also so fucking sad. Yeah. Like, it's also so sad. And, and <clears throat> like, that's why Shane Black is so fucking great, you know, because he marries like the absolute absurd sadness of the world with people's behavior, you know, in response to it. And he does it in the nice guys really well. And he does it in this too, or like, it's the, the sister and, and failed dreams and not knowing your place in the world and just being a, just a, another piece of shit in a large metropolitan city, whether it's New York or LA and like, it's so it's so wonderful that at the point where you know Harry's saying I, I you know I hate where movies have a million endings, but like I didn't want it to end. No. Yeah, you know? like the scene with the dad with with her dad at the end. Yeah, so Harry good. is great, and then the kind of camcorder testimonial shot at the end with them working together. Like I just I wanted it to keep going. Yeah, Shane Black has a good job at. You know, I was thinking about this as I was watching, you know, to the listeners and uh, on the tail end of a COVID run here. So I've just been like fucking going in on movies. Um, I've been watching a lot of movies that, you know, are ones we all love. Collateral, I did a rewatch of. Did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that got this. And it's going like these people who make these movies inspire other people to like want to make like television series off of like, you know, the way that they feel. One character, yeah. one room. You're like, I know every character yeah. who's in this room. And I, it's cruel that I can't spend more, like five hours with them. Like you yeah. want to spend, like the nice guys, that's one of the, you know, I, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is so right, Rob, but the nice guys is one where I keep looking at them like, are you guys dumb? We've got Ryan Gosling yeah. and Russell Crowe. Why can't we just make yeah, like, give six them- more movies with these guys doing this shtick together? It's amazing amazing yeah, we, said, we said that with bruce willis and lost boys oh our last boy scout excuse me it, it, you want to just continue this on and um and that is what makes a great movie and, and and that's why i remember when i i i saw last boy scout and i do remember now um and i remember the first time i saw kiss kiss bang bang i bought them i just i was just like i know <laughs> i'm gonna like this thing there's no renting going on here you know it's like yeah. this is gonna be in rotation and i just have to say one last thing three cheers to the um neighbor that i no longer have upstairs that ruined every movie for me so i've been able to watch all of them in peace thank you chris pete on the body that's all we know um oh my god we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about who our favorite actors in this thing i've got a feeling that uh we're gonna be pretty close on a on a couple of these another episode of real price with rob belushi coming up after the break (laughs) All right, Rob Belushi, you are so fresh 
and so clean to this movie. Who are your favorites in it? Tell us, tell Chris and I. Uh, I, look, I mean, Donnie does a great job, but the most exciting, the most excited I got every time they spoke was Michelle and Val. Yeah. Yeah. I could not wait for them to speak with a little, uh, you know, I'll pre-order the flick of souffle on this too, because I loved her, um, but they were so great. Just Perry was a masterpiece. And, um, and like I said before, you know, like in that, in the news footage, the way she's alive talking about something finally, like in, Finally, the camera is on her and she's important and invigorated by it. Like, you, it's no wonder Larry Miller's character says invite her to something because you fall in love with her. And, you know, it's a little accuracy, but like not sh- shitty. You know, it's just but that's like, what that's what an actress would do if they were on KTLA. Like, it's like <laughs> whenever whenever you hear like you're listening to news radio here in L.A. and, and someone's like, well, I'm in the entertainment business. So let me tell you everything about it as quick as possible. Like, that's a thing you come across here. You know, it comes yeah. with the territory, the locals, you know. Yeah. It was very yeah. cool. No, I mean, they're 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 not just like they're, everyone's great in it across the board. But like they're not only two of my favorite characters in this movie. It's like two of my favorite characters in Shane Black movies and, and two of my favorite characters in in noirs like they're they're great they're really great I'd love like you're saying there should be there should be three sequels of the nice guys by now yeah fucking hands down and and there should be you Ryan know Gosling I mean, is making to- Ryan Gosling is singing I'm just Ken with Mark Ronson producing for the holidays you know, his last movie just made a billion dollars. He's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar. Russell Crowe's been nominated for like four Oscars in one month. It's like that movie has got so much love. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing, guys? Are we doing? Give Shane Black like 50 million bucks. He'll go make the nice guys set in the 80s and tell a whole other like noirish story. Then he can make one in the early 90s when they're older if they want to or make one, another one in the late 70s and then the 80s. It's like, what are we doing? It's, it's, it's silly. I know. It's a layup. It's a layup. And and just like just like that, like I know we can't anymore because of the sadness that is, you know, the Val Kilmer story. But like, we should have had, you know, Gay Perry. What a cat! Gay Perry. You could, put, you, could, you could put Gay Perry in something episodic, even if it was like six episode series, and just watch him working with new actors, and they could just be piss takes of real actors, like the different styles, like method actors and random right. actors that have flown over from the seas, like, and, and just getting into sort of shenanigans and weird mysteries that surround his life. Like he's the, he's yeah. the JJ, he's the JJ Giddis for a new generation. It's like, that's it's so true because he's he in, he's in the world yes. employed by the world, but outside the world enough to where he can make the comments about the world that really sizzle. Like yes. Colin Farrell I, I, wanted too much money, you know, fan. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah, talk about inside baseball. Like that, that's such a thing that happens. That like people, yeah. Anyways, this movie is as good as its actors are, and all of them do such an incredible job. And in, and in when you're watching it, and like you could see how on the page, it's like it's interesting because you know it's like sometimes 
if you read a script like this, you might think it's terrible, you know, and you read some of the dialogue and you'll cringe. You're like, oh, that's that's horrible. But to get a performer like Val Kilmer to deliver some of these lines that are cringe um, make you go like they make them digestible. And it's like it's just it speaks to the like the intelligence and like someone like Val Kilmer, who's highly intelligent, I'm sure he brings J.J. Giddis to the role, even though he might not need all of J.J. Yeah. Giddis. But it's like, yeah. he I, I just, I can only imagine his knowledge for a private investigator. He was like, oh, I could do this. Uh, two quick things, and then Blake, I know it's your turn. Um, Shannon Sawson is, is so hard to, it's like looking into the sun. She's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And when she dies, oh, it, that scene is fucking breaks yeah. your heart. It's she's great. Up. It's fucked up that you don't see her in a close up until then. Yeah, but I understand that 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 would pooch the mystery of it. That's why. But also, just one more thing on Michelle Monaghan, which is, and I know people talk about, you know, I know people talk about women in True Detective season one and all of that, but putting this uh, performance of like exuberant you know yet seasoned youthful energy next to what she does in true detective which i think is extremely underrated and like she's a extraordinary, extraordinary and in that. beautiful fucking justified performance um it's it just wonderful like obviously mission impossible she's great and everything but like those two next to each other are really an amazing like wow that this what a talent she is. Yeah. The the last thing I'll just say is I just don't think we can fully downplay how collectively happy everyone was who'd had any kind of like stock in Robert Downey Jr. early in his career. Like this is one of our guys. Like this is one of the momentous talents and i actually don't even mean the marvel of it all because like kiss kiss bang bang just validated that he was on the right path and that he was so he, all the energy the unpredictability the tonal shifts he can go from like laugh out loud comedy toughness like being devastated being a fantastic punching bag like every part of his range is just like beautifully on show here and shane black just gives him like the best show reel ever of everything that he can do but it's almost yeah. like this movie marks as well, like 2023, it's Oppenheimer year. Like he's so good in fucking Oppenheimer that it's like, we would never have gotten an Oppenheimer with Robert Downey Jr. as this like seasoned older, you know, um, duplicitous kind of like tactical bureaucrat that he plays in that movie and be so outlandishly fantastic if if his career path doesn't start down this way and so yeah i just don't think you can ever undervalue when i watch this i'm just like just trying to like anchor myself to the context of like man this guy was in movie jail and you know i i love the phoenix from the ashes movie jail stories where someone comes out and just crushes something you know it's well like, it's very clear that this is what got him iron man yeah 100%. this was the tony star that was yeah like, i was gonna say is this smarter, character yeah, a little bit smarter and, and a lot richer. I mean, a lot smarter, obviously, and a lot richer. But it's the same trappings, it's, yeah, yeah, and the same style. And it's Iron Man is three years later. It's like so clear that he and was uninsurable, Black... even on Abby McBeal. Yeah, and then Shane Black was like, 
fuck you guys. You're going to leave this fucking slugger on the bench or whatever the, what is it in baseball? A very boring sport. The dugout. Yeah. Okay. The dugout. <laughs> I mean, Shane Black is a fucking amazing director. And yeah. obviously his writing is incredible, but he is in so much control yeah. of what he's building, how he's forcing you to fucking eat it and enjoy it all at the same time. It feels like a light touch, but he's doing a lot of work and the guy's fucking awesome. I mean, I know that's not like a something but, that, you but know, you, that like an obscure article in Sight and Sound magazine, you know, that Shane Black is a great director, but like, I, I think he's underrated. I mean, yeah. But that's a good point. Like to, to, to go into favorite characters too. Shane Black is his own character in this movie because yeah. it's shown up so much in the Harry Lockhart character. And it shows up specifically in the monologues um, mm -hmm. that kind of, and monologues are like, what fuck monologues don't have a monologue in your movie. You know, that, how dare you? And he does right. it in such a clever, funny way that like, it almost like feels like um, uh, the fear and loathing guy. Um, oh my Hunter. God. Don Hunter. It's got this Hunter, like postmodern Hunter feel to it yeah. where if anyone else attempted to do it, you'd be like, you're, just a, a poor person just doing, you know, doing Shane Black. Yeah, you're just doing Shane Black. And I've seen I've read that in other people's scripts and um and I'm going, that's no, like this is his thing and he does it so well and it's kind of like he's just yeah. And and it, it's like it makes sense he makes the movies he makes and um I feel like his his voice is super duper strong in this one and obviously it's like an auteur film, so My real price to fuck Val Kilmer in this movie, <laughs> what I would, what I would actually pay to yeah. fuck him in this movie, real price, one hundred and fifteen grand. Wow! <laughs> Big I'd shout out it. also to I'd the. Can I money. just say? Can I just say? No, if I had it hasn't, it hasn't grand, been a formalized segment yet, but it might need to be. Like, what's the price? <laughs> yeah. What's the price? I mean, obviously, all the money in the world for <laughs> Michelle Monaghan, you know, and, and it would just be like, just for her to smile at me, honestly, not <laughs> nothing sexual. Big shout out. A beautiful night with, with, with Gay Perry, 115 grand. I, I mean, I would, I would explore that. Chris, you would have, you'd have, you'd have so much fun that night. It would, you, I, it would, it would ruin would you. It would ruin you. I, I'd pay 215 grand for that. <laughs> I mean, uh, God damn it! Like All in right. Australia, the exchange rate—it's nearly half a mil. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like—is half a mil too much? Not really. But it would ruin you. You wouldn't have. How could you ever go back to just a normal person after Gay Perry? It's over. Well, see, that's no it, because it's, Gay it's, Perry. This is, is an interesting conversation. This no, is he would be so. Yeah, but you would. He'd put I, you exactly. Away. Exactly. Like, you you away. would be like, you'd be like, he'd he'd be like, no, fuck you, you're out, and you'd kind of hate him. Yeah, like, he knows like, what I'm he's doing. Busy. He yeah. knows what he's doing. It's no, like, he, I don't even think is. he would talk to you. I think I'd wake up. 
oh, in yeah. wherever I was and he'd be gone and I'd never be able to get in contact with him again. And that might drive <laughs> yeah, me insane. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then you become a PI <laughs> looking for the PI exactly. to get a further piece of PI. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Less, I'm Blake Perry now. That's what's going to happen. Peni- <laughs> PI is penile insertion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, God damn it. Anyway, very fuckable, even into his 40s. I mean, how old is he there? How old is Val Kilmer there? 40 born. I, I saw that I, um, Robert Downey Jr. was 40 in that movie. Um, and No I, way. He's got to be. He's born yeah. in 59. So that's that was probably 44. So he's 46, 47. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I also just want to give a big shout out, you know, you guys He's both touched on, on your two favorite characters. I'm just going to give, you know, Flicka, I love you. And the oh, Gennaro's God. bear, the fake Gennaro's bear. Fake Gennaro's has bear. Me. The Gennaro's <laughs> beer bear has me. Oh, and just a huge shout out. I don't know his name. I'll go and see if I can find it. Just the cop that says good luck. You know, the cop that says good luck in the audition. Oh, dude. Oh, that was so great. Hold on. I love it. that cop. Oh, He's- yeah. He's wonderful. I'm going to, let's find his name so we can, I'm scrolling down the list. Uh, um, and honestly, Proto during Pop- the Gennaro's Bear commercial, I was like, hey, that's a, that's probably a good spot. It probably ran a lot. Joe Keys. His name is Joe Keys. He's the lobby cop. Oh, no, that's no, not no, lobby. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Bill McAd- no, it's the New York cop. Bill McAdams Jr. He's really, uh, uh, he's, he's in like, He's in Hollow Man. He does some stunts. He's been an actor and a stuntman, and he and he's been in the CSIs and stuff like that. Bill McAdams Jr. as the New York City cop who bursts into the audition. I I love you. All right, well let's let's take a quick break and we'll come back and see if we can even say two quotes um, from this movie. All right, I'm going to start. I just love this exchange between Harry and Perry. I think that you are bluffing right now. Harry, what are you doing? Well, what I'm doing for the guy who likes to bluff is I'm playing a little game called Am I Bluffing? Huh? Where is she? Where the fuck is Harmony? Harry. You want to play hardball? I can do that. Where is the girl? What? did you just do? I just I put in one bullet, didn't I? I you put, put a one. live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Eight percent. Was it just 8? 8? Yeah. Who taught you math? math? more. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. That exchange and Perry just like taking the piss out of him, talking about statistics after they've literally just gunned someone down is amazing. Yeah, I also Guys. like that he, he says, what in the blue perfect hell? <laughs> <laughs> Um, ahead, gay, yeah, gay, gay Perry. Uh, I've said it before in this. Yeah, um, I just found out that Lawrence Fishburne does the voice of the bear. Oh my god! Uncredited. No wonder <laughs> okay, he's your uh, favorite. It's one of our generation's great actors. Fucking Morpheus, bro. Sleep badly. Any questions? <laughs> hesitate to call. Welcome to L.A. Welcome to the party. Yeah. Great opening line. Welcome to LA. Yeah. Welcome to the party. Fucking like you're there. You're at the party. The 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 short scene of them post woman in the lake driving in the car 
where they're like, oh, laying a little bit of exposition, but over that amazingly offended towel bit where like- <laughs> Has me witness a murder. Can I use a dry towel in this towel? No. Wet. This the is, towel is for the seat. This towel was for your shoes, and then you handed it to me for my face. Get, this towel is wet. Can I use this? This is dry? dirty. No. Can I dry the hat? No. Stop time? dripping. Shit, better be improving your acting. I watched that three times. I was just like, <laughs> "This is fucking welcome to Zingville, man." I loved it. And then um, I'm finding now that the quote about I was talking about Perry talking about his dad's, and that the one uh, Harry's like, "Yeah, he loved me when I was." dressed up like a bottle and then perry said he beat me in morse code maybe he was saying i love you or something like that but that was the the moment of perry van shrike that we got um and then there's so many funny ones but like you know i'm not gonna say them on a podcast because <laughs> i probably okay, should yeah and then this, funny yeah this falls into the category where all the bad um dialogue in this movie that is cringe is bad but it is delivered incredibly. Yeah. It's, it's served with such perfection and such specificity that it's like. It's served with care. It's served with care. Served with care. It's, it's given to us. It's just like, get over it. It's, it's a movie. It's not going to hurt you. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Things age badly. Things age badly because we're more enlightened. Like don't, don't begrudge the movie for being made about and in a specific time. Like, as you guys talked about, like it's, it's so reminiscent of that time. It doesn't mean that we're as enlightened. It doesn't mean that things don't age badly. It's just like, it is what it is, but it's also allowed yeah. to be funny. You're allowed to laugh at how bad and unenlightened you were. You're allowed to laugh at yourself. Like you're allowed to laugh at being unenlightened. It's okay. Like you're not going to get in trouble. If you have those genuine thoughts today, maybe you've got a problem, but you don't have to worry. Well, about like, it. it's like that, you know, this isn't good cop, bad cop. This is, f word and new yorker yes. and it's like you know you're in real trouble buddy like <laughs> yeah. it, it makes sense yeah. like two people that, that that don't give a fuck about morale i mean not morality but like are used to being viewed and experience transgression against them you know you are not going to be saved by a good cop in this pairing yes so many good ones though yeah guys what what a for a Christmas gift this season, you gave me a wonderful one to unwrap and to undress and, um, you know, to uh, like all all the tropes that are turned on its side in this movie. Like, hey, look, the Johnny Gossamer book, you know, stop the bullet. Oh, no, actually, it didn't. Like, it's, <laughs> it's such, a, such a wonderful, wonderful romp. And it's been a great year with you guys. And uh, I love you both. You're, this this friendship has been really meaningful to me. And, um, you know, to anyone listening, I can't believe you're listening. But well, we'll keep we'll keep bringing you, you know, some some fun bullshit that you've already probably thought of. Listen, that's exactly why they want to get together. They want to hang out with us. They want to know that it's not going to be serious. They want to be waiting in the wings to see whether you two are going to do like literally Academy level, hilarious impressionistic performances or whether we're going to create new games where we bargain out how much we're going to pay to sleep with Gabe Perry. Like this show has everything that I could possibly want. Like no one's going to have expected that that's where we're going to get to. And 
the LA specificity of you guys, like me getting to sit here and listen to you two talk about how like hyper specific at LA is. That was just a dream. And I love you guys. And this is always super fun. And thank you so much. And it is a Christmas miracle. We're giving you a 2005 movie in too much movie, which is uh, kind of unheard of for us, which is amazing. Thank you, Chris Candy for being the one that like said, nah, we have to do it. Christmas kiss, kiss, bang, bang has to happen. Yeah. So it wouldn't have happened without Chris. So, I mean, this has been super fun as always. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, and uh, I just want everyone to know, that I want your address because I'm coming to your party loaded. And check out, please come to my party. Check out <laughs> Chris Candy's beautiful documentary. Oh yeah, called Rip City, right? It's called Kind of Crazy. I, I made a, a short documentary. Kind of um, crazy. The story of yeah. Rip City. Yeah, it's a skateboard shop in Santa Monica. Um, it's an 11 minute uh, short. You can find it on Vimeo and YouTube and. Um, if you're, if you're bored out of your minds, looking at the candy cane swirling around in your vodka soda, pop this on and uh, it'll make everybody happier. It's wonderful. I, I'm, it's wonderful. I'm going to link it in the show notes. We'll make sure that, uh, people can find it. Perfect. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, you degenerates. And if you were laughing along. I want to know how much your bargain is for Gay Perry. So tag us on Twitter. Tell us how much. <laughs> Take us there. Merry Christmas. Real price. Real price. Real, Real price. price.